Hello, and welcome to Dependesplaining, where we talk a little true crime and some military topics. I am Jen. And I'm Veronica. And thank you for being here for another episode of Dependesplaining, the podcast. Podcast. That could be our new intro music. Podcast. 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 Sounds like Sega. (laughs) (laughs) Dependa Splaining Podcast, Podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. Listen, I don't have a career in jingles <laughs> that somebody else must have one a better jingle than that. Give us a little email us at dependasplaining at gmail.com yeah, with your jingle. With your your jingle jangle. <laughs> yeah. Jingle them right in front of us. Yeah. You know what's right in front of me? An airplane. Right, like right on top of my house. It sounds like, oh, yeah, it's always with the airplanes. It's very noisy. They've chilled here. I haven't heard any today, yeah. but I'm sure we will. Soon. There's been a lot, a lot of I activities lately, and here they are. Yeah, you'll hear them in the episode. We saw, we saw one coming in the other day, and because like I told you, we live right on the flight path, and it was very windy outside. And Kyle was like looking at the window and then he turned around and he made this motion with his hand. He's like, it was doing this. And he was like rocking it side to side. And I was like, well, it's windy. He's like, that's scary. As shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong. Like, yes, it is. That would be terrifying. I was like, what well, flies? Yeah. I was like, one day I'm always like, one day it's going to hit the building. I just know it. <laughs> I, I just hope not. Know it. I hope not. No. That's terrifying. Yeah. I know because... Uh, it's like the, we're right across the street from the base. I can see the aircraft from my from my front yes. balcony and the fire station, too. I always tell the kids, I'm like, there's daddy. Can't see people. Just no. some fire trucks. Just start away. waving, though. They could probably yeah. see you. You never know. They probably could. They probably could. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jen, are you excited for today? For today's episode? I am. I'm so excited because I can't wait to hear your story because... I need some something in my life right now to distract me from everything else that's going on. <laughs> yes, I feel the same way. Uh, I told you earlier before I started recording, my life is in shambles. It's really not. I'm just complaining about children and just how busy my husband's schedule is and me trying to give him space. And I'm hungry all the mm-hmm. time. I'm hungry all the time. <laughs> my son was like can we have a party on saturday and i was like can it be a dip party just dips and he was like yeah like salsa and guacamole and ranch and i was like yes i live for this i'm not making dinner i'm making buffalo dips. chicken dip and all the dips i that's love all dips I want. that's a great party it's gonna be amazing it's yeah it's gonna be dinner and his version of a party is like let's just listen to music and maybe we'll play some video I- games couldn't agree more. That sounds like an amazing party. Your son is a genius. <laughs> a genius. We have we have these every now and then. I'll turn off the lights and I'll put on disco lights and we dance around. They get on their hoverboards, put on some sort of weird costume, <laughs> and we just um, jam out to Queen, which is <gasps> their favorite. So good. Uh, yeah. It's their favorite. They're, and I could hear my daughter talking to Siri or Alexa all the time. She'll be like, can you play Don't Stop Me Now by Queen? <laughs> <laughs> good for her. You, like, they yes. have good taste in yeah. music then. It's a good song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, before I get started with my story, Jen, why don't you tell our listeners where they can reach us? Yes, guys. If you want to send us your stories, your comments, questions, concerns, anything military related that you want to know more about or you just want to talk. Email us at dependesplaining at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Reach out, comment. We'll comment back. You know that. We'll talk to you. Yes. Five stars. Rate and subscribe. Yes, please. Yeah. On your uh, favorite listening platform. Which is Apple Podcasts, according to our statistics, is the number one. It's like 90% of you all use Apple Podcasts. So uh, get out there and rate us. It's taking over the world, Apple. It is, yeah. And COVID. <sighs> and I'm over both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over both. <laughs> Apple just wants to screw us over every time they come out with a new iPhone. 
Your old iPhone is insignificant. Quit taking my money. And it, yeah. it, it, the battery dies quicker. Nothing wants to work. You have no more memory left. Yeah. And you can't get rid of yeah. it. Even if you take all your apps off your phone, it doesn't matter. Somehow your the memory's still taken up. Then you really do have to buy a new phone and just want to cry. Have you tried, I'm guessing this is you, you're talking <laughs> about yourself and your phone. Have you tried deleting all your text messages? Yeah, so this happened my, with my phone, yeah, previously that I had, I don't know, from Wichita through England. Uh-huh. I, uh, I, bought a, I bought a new phone for my birthday last year, so, but before that it was just, it would not, n- nothing I did changed i would delete everything yeah emails i deleted all the apps pictures i uploaded mm-hmm. to whatever google photos so then i can delete all my pictures off of there nothing helped mm-hmm. nothing worked just said something about system and i said what's on the system there's nothing else yeah what the more system is broken do you want from me <laughs> <sighs> more money like, yes. are you not rich enough already mr apple yeah R.I.P. Steve Jobs. Mr. Macintosh. <laughs> Macintosh. <laughs> For real. I'll show you. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and buy the cheapest phone. I don't care about yeah. the new. Watch me buy a flip phone. Um. Yeah. <laughs> there is actually a an Android, a Samsung that they make uh, flip phones. Smartphone flip phones. For the nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Bring me back the Razor. Motorola Razor. <sighs> actually, I had the Nokia like, you know, the little one that's like wider at the top and it got a little bit more narrow at the bottom. Yeah. And you could play Snake on it and everything sounded so digital, like just beeps and boops. Yep. Wasn't it? You had to press like, you know, the number three, three times if you wanted the letter F, I think it was. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I oh, think the yeah, alphabet you started text. on twos, oh, maybe. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I was so good at texting, Jen, like that. I could do it from my pocket. So yes. When I, worked, when I worked for Walmart in my younger years, I would have my phone in my pocket and I would be texting Kyle to do, blindly yep. just from the feeling of the numbers. And a lot of times it, it would not say the correct word, but we got the gist of it. And I was like, this this is good. Like, yes. I'm just spelling out with my fingers blindly on these numbers that's how good Kids these days will never know i know that's how good we got we didn't even have to look to mm-hmm. see how many times we had to press the number which number we needed we had it memorized yeah yeah, yeah. you guys have no idea yeah and then they came out with the slide out yeah. keyboards and that was like whoa oh, yeah whoa guys yeah and then what was the other the other feature it had where it would like pop up words like you would was it what was it called? Was it T nine or something? Oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, like you're like text you predictive the letter or predictive text. Yeah, text predictive. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So that one, I was like, that one was pretty handy too. Yeah, that that one was helped on your phone. Lot. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good one. <laughs> you guys will never know. You don't know the struggles. You'll never that we know. went through. Yeah. No regrets though. I loved it. Mm-mm. Great memories. Yeah. Great memories. Yeah. Um. Okay, Jen. I have a story for you. You ready? I'm so ready. Okay. I have a story for you out of Fort Hood. Oh. Because murder water is very strong over there. Yes. However, this one's a little bit more mysterious. And so I have Fort Hood and the mysterious death of Devin Shute. Staff Sergeant Devin Shute. Okay. Um, I got most of my information from militaryjusticeforall.com. Gold Star Mothers of New Mexico dot org, uh, and then uh, a brief, a brief description in his in his um, obituary in the Dignity Memorial dot com, and some Facebook information too from a page that was um, started probably by his family had lovely things to share on there. So Devin Shute was born on September sixteenth, nineteen eighty, in Guaymon, Guaymon. G-U-Y-M-O-N, Oklahoma, to Timothy Lee and Karen Lynn Shute. His mother, Karen, described him, Devin, as having been a rough-and-tumble kind of kid. Um, He was fearless, and he loved adventure. He loved hiking. He loved the outdoors from a child, and that um, went on. uh, He kept that um, as an adult. He still loved doing that kind of stuff. 
So from what I could gather, he, like I said, was born in Oklahoma, but his home of record was Clovis, New Mexico. So he grew up there, I guess. His service with the United States Army began on April 27th, 1999. So probably just after he graduated high school, maybe took like a little year in between. So Devin started his Army career in 99. And then in 2000, he completed airborne infantry training with the 82nd Airborne Division Division at Fort Bragg. Uh, for those of that was for uh, 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 sorry, <laughs> for those of us that don't know the Airborne Forces, what it is, Airborne Forces are like ground combat units carried by aircraft, and then they're airdropped into battle zones, typically by parachuting. Obviously, they just don't get dropped off like that. So Devin completed three tours in Iraq, and as we know, this was the early years of the Iraqi war, and unfortunately, army soldiers were pretty much the ones on the front, on the front line. But during these times, Devin made an impression amongst his peers. He was described as loyal, hardworking, and a morale booster during these hard times. So they really looked up to him. Um, he was always one to lend a hand and was just a really hard worker. He was very accomplished in his career field, but in 2007, he decided that the airborne uh, infantry was just too hard on his body, and so he began training for intelligence analysts. They provide the army with like crucial, reliable information about enemy forces and like potential areas of conflict, and then they gather that data and send it out to just create like a a plan from that. So Devin had married Tanny. Lynn Everidge in 2004 in Clovis, New Mexico. They had known each other for many years. He was actually best friends with um, her older brother. So they had known each other for several years. And so they got married and he was a devoted husband and they were both excited to start life as a married couple. And together they were raising three young children. It sounded from, I gather, from what I gathered that the her they were her children from a previous relationship, but nonetheless, he was still their father, and that's how they saw him. So the family moved from to Fort Hood in 2013 after having spent a few years at Fort Huachuca in Arizona, and they did live on post on uh, Fort Hood because I've said this many times that place is gigantic. It's like Massive. an entire country in yeah. the country of Texas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You don't need to go anywhere with how big the base is. They have everything they need there. They really do. It's insane. They really, really do. Yeah. It's, yeah, you can, you you need a, a traveling in Fort Hood. You can mm -hmm. travel Fort Hood. <laughs> <laughs> so in January of 2016, New Year's Day, actually, Tanny wakes up after hearing Devin having some sort of like argument with their oldest daughter. I believe he was like asking her to go to uh, like a friend's house, but she refused. And then, I'm not sure on the details on that. I think he just wanted a quiet day. Maybe he had some stress going on. We'll get into that. So uh, the two younger children were already at their friend's house. So then Devin then asked the oldest daughter, like after he had blown off some steam, he's like, oh, come help me build a doghouse. And she's like, okay. So they both get to work. And sometime during the building, they must have ran out of wood because Devin gets in his truck and leaves, presumably to gather more pallets to construct the doggy house. Um, so after a while, the family starts to worry because Devin should have been home by now. It had been hours since he had been gone, but he's not home yet. So Tanny's phone was actually broken, her cell phone. So she went to the neighbor's house and she's like, hey, can I use your phone? I need to call Devin. Kind of worried about him. They're like, sure, here you go. So she calls Devin. He answers the phone and he says he's just driving around Caperas, 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 Caperas Cove. Yeah. Which is only about 15 minutes away from their home. And then the line went dead all of a sudden. So she did get a so hold of him, though. That's she even did. though he'd she already been, him. he'd been gone for a while by that point. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. And so she must have had like a gut feeling that something was wrong. And so she jumped in her car um, to go look for him. And she returned home shortly after because she had actually taken the neighbor's phone with her and the neighbor was requesting if she could return it, please. <laughs> but she did manage to call the military police um, before she returned the phone or returned back home. Good. Uh, so the police then show up and she tells them that this is not normal behavior 
for Devin, he always makes himself available for her and would never end a call as abruptly as that one ended. It was actually one of his pet peeves being hung up on or him accidentally hanging up on somebody. I guess he probably, if it ever happened, he would correct it soon after. So the Fort Hood military police told her she has to wait 24 hours before she can make an official missing person report. I have so many issues with this yeah. law or whatever that they have to wait 24 hours to be like, if this person is telling you that my significant other or my child or my neighbor or whoever is missing and it's not the norm for them, they should get searching right away. Exactly. Right? Yes, especially if it's not normal circumstance, not normal behavior mm-hmm. for them to be gone and they know they don't they don't leave like this. Or they should... No, I mean, who knows better yeah. than your own family member? So well, right. I don't know why you wouldn't that take that feeling. seriously. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they take it seriously, but the law just is, it's yeah. frustrating. It is. Um, But, you know, Tani was like, nope. So she quickly got on social media and she was asking like the local community in the area and his coworkers as well for help. They're like, look for Devin. He's been gone for, you know, a while and I have to, I'm worried about him. So then Devin's mother also drove to Fort Hood to help locate her son. And then Tenny drove to a campsite where they kept their, they kept their camper and she was hoping she could find, that she would find him there. Maybe like just relaxing, just with his thoughts, you know, if he was having a rough time. Right. So... But she came up empty. There was no sign of him or him having been there at all. So after the 24 hours were up, she is able to file a missing person report with the Fort Hood Military Police. The police found the phone. They like pinged it or whatever and had had last been active within like a 15 mile radius of Belton Lake Outdoor Recreation Area, which is pretty close to Fort Hood from what I understand. So a search team is now assembled and, and grids are handed out to all the to the volunteers in order to look for him. So he was found January 3rd, 2016. So two days later or a day after the 24 hours. Um, he is in his pickup. He is deceased. And uh, he's at Belton Lake Outdoor Recreation Area close to like a paintball area. There was a hose leading from the exhaust pipe to the back window. There was also a propane tank with the valve completely open in the front floorboard of the truck. So it was ruled a suicide because of the circumstances from yeah, what I saw. But. He was found by he was found yeah by the by two of the volunteers. They were the ones that found him. One of the men actually knew Tanny from church and he decided to call her and inform her that her husband had been found. Now, Tanny drives to the location where she is met by military police and Devin's commander, and she asks to see her husband, but of course, they're not allowing her. Um, According to Tanny, they detained her and questioned her, um, and her her mom and her sister, who who were also helping with the search. Um, And they asked if they had seen anything. Did they see him with the truck? Did they touch the crime scene? Just if they had come in contact with him prior to them finding him. So Tani felt like the investigators were treating them like criminals. And then an ambulance shows up um, with the lights on. And so I think this maybe gives Tani hope because she still doesn't know that he's deceased. Right. Um, so she thinks that maybe he's alive and he's hurt. So the siren, you know, the, the ambulance has the sirens on and, and then the coroner coroner and the CID are called in after Tani has already left because she left to comfort her children and just, I guess, to hear back. And the her children, unfortunately, had already found out about it through social media before anybody oh, no. would, would have a chance to tell them, which is the worst thing ever. It's awful. <laughs> you should never be allowed no. to post anything on social media about a death like that until yeah. it's the family's informed i mean it's like mm-hmm. protocol i thought that the, that's what's supposed to be done yeah was it the media maybe i don't know i think it was from this it got out from the same volunteers that were <sighs> helping and they heard and then they got back out and so it was posted all over social media that's annoying yeah so the next day um a casualty assistance officer or cao came to her home 
um, as did the Army CID investigators. I think that chaplain was there too, and they informed her that her husband was in fact deceased. So CID questioned her, and she gave them the same story she gave the military police the night before. You know, like he was out building the doggy house, he ran out of wood, he left possibly to get uh, propane for our grill because we were going to grow. That's what she said. So Tani questioned, oh, sorry. So a couple days later, CID called Tani into their office to read uh, Devin's suicide note. So she goes in there to read it. And Tani questioned the note in the presence of military personnel and observed that it did not look like Devin's handwriting to her. She said the lettering on the note was enlarged, but Devin didn't write in that way. Like it wasn't, it was just, it didn't match. To her, it wasn't his. So yeah. she's got a lot of doubts. And so eight months later, Tenny receives the Army CID investigation package and finds a different suicide letter that was a diff on different paper. So I guess this one had been on like green military issued notebook paper and it did not contain the handwriting or it did contain handwriting that now was very similar to Devin. But like the first one, it was it wasn't like the very first one she read. So it was a different different handwriting on different paper. Hmm. The investigation report revealed even more inconsistencies and things that didn't add up. For example, the investigation package said there were beer cans located in Devin's truck, but the army did not include the beer cans when they returned Devin's truck to Tani. I mean, they could have held evidence. That's how Tani felt. But who knows? The investigation package did not include the autopsy report. She doesn't know if there was an autopsy report at all. So they could have done like a toxicology report to see if he had been drinking or yeah. if he had drugs in his system. Because Devin had been taking medication at the time of his disappearance. He was pres uh, prescribed Effexor, uh, an antidepressant. He had been actually diagnosed with PTSD in December of 2015. So just a couple weeks before he was um, he went missing. And he had been taking this medication, um, Effexor, like I said, uh, an antidepressant. Gabapentin, which is... Um, in, used in treating seizures in adults and also nerve pain and hydrocodone for the pain from a spinal infusion surgery. So that could have been with the, with the second medication that I mentioned that's used also for seizures, but he probably used it for nerve pain. So Tenny, Tenny observed another discrepancy when she read uh, in the investigation package that Devin's medication levels were appropriate given the dosage. But Devin had actually missed a couple of days before he died. So that couldn't have been accurate. They were saying that he did have the um, correct medication dosage in his system, which means yeah. he probably did have a toxicology report. Yeah. Um, but she said that he had actually missed a few days prior. So Tanny believes that Devin died on Sunday, January 3rd, on the day that they found him. So two days after he went missing. And one of the volunteers claims that they actually tested Devin for a pulse, so they must have touched like his neck or his hands, and they noticed that he was still warm to the touch. Now, I'm not sure if it was him being warm, like his body, or because the truck was still running and the heat was on full blast. Okay. We'll come back to that. So that meant to Tanny that rigor mortis had not set in because it takes like 12 hours or something like that for he it to set in yeah he would have been had he had he died on the first right if he had died on that day that he left rigor mortis would already have set in yeah and um because so it takes like 48 to 72 hours after rigor mortis sets in for the body to relax so that was still not enough time to go through all of that hmm. there was no official time of death ever determined so it's weird right yeah here's another weird encounter during the search initially tanny passed liberty hill on a road that goes to the paintball course which is near where they found him at the uh, bolt bolt lake what did i call it what was it called bolt lake outdoor recreation so they were driving and then they noticed that there was a car that was pulled over and they notice a man with a flashlight walking down the road. So now Tani was actually going to this area because she was supposed to meet up 
not only for the search, but she was going to meet up with a reporter as well that wanted to cover the story of her missing husband. So she was a local reporter, wanted to talk about it. And meanwhile, while Tanny's talking to the reporter, the sister and the mother decided to approach the man that they had seen on the road. They just they went over there and talked to the man. So then they returned to Tanny and reported the man was very drunk and he said he was looking for a friend's uh, truck. The pair also observed blood on his clothing and blood spatter on his face. They informed Tanny while she was like still talking to the reporter. So she's like stopped the interview and she called 911. They and then they wanted to go after him, the man, but they were like scared to confront him. So Tanny and her family observed him walking back towards a truck with a flatbed trailer on it. Now, eventually, the game warden and military police show up. Tanny and her family shared their observations about the drunk man they had seen and appeared to have blood on him. The police started looking in the area, and eventually, a game warden did, in fact, find the man in question. The game warden told Tanny the man was actually a, a cattle rancher and the blood on his face was from a cut above his eye that was caused by a tree branch. I guess like Fort Hood uses land for training that's owned by like cattle ranchers. Um, so that's why the man had like an excuse for being in that area. And like Tanny felt like they missed an opportunity to investigate this man and they just kind of let him go and they made that they said, you know, well, he ran into a tree or whatever. They could have, you know, at least taken some pictures as evidence or just taken him in for questioning. They're looking, right. they, they're looking for somebody. But I don't think at this point they had found Devin yet. So they didn't know. But even right. then, knowing once Devin was found, knowing that there was somebody out there with blood spatter, they could have found him again and questioned him. Anyways. So the coroner's report stated that Devin had died CO2 poisoning. <laughs> in the truck, they found a blanket stuffed around the window to hold the pipe and balance because he had run that pipe from the pipeline. It was a hose. It was like a, a hose from the camper, actually. Um, what do you call it? A sewage hose okay. from the camper. He had put it in the pipeline, ran it into the back window of the truck. And to keep the hose in place, he used a blanket. And that way you could cover, like, the um, holes around the window. Right. The blanket used for that had a large amount of Devin's blood on it. Hmm. Yeah. So, and actually, Devin was found to have had nine stab wounds across his body, including his forearms and the back of his left hand. What do those stab, those stab wounds to the hands and forearms tell you, Jen? Defensive wounds. Defensive wounds, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Even with all of this, CID um, investigated the scene as a suicide. And it was ruled just that, a suicide. He ran the hose from the uh, tail from the tailpipe into the back window where he secured it with a blanket to keep it in place. He also had a propane tank in the front of the floorboard that had had the, like the safety line cut so that the valve was all the way open and allowed gas to leak into the cab of the truck. Yeah, it sure. points to suicide and also stab the stab himself. wounds. <laughs> That's another thing they claimed. Yeah, the, they said that the stab wounds were self-inflicted. Nine stab wounds self-inflicted. How do you stab yourself nine times? So I like, could see like one, two. They're, so, they're, it, so what I'm thinking is they're claiming that he had to have stabbed himself first because there was blood all over the blanket that covered the windows. Yes. So he's bleeding, yeah. but there's no blood on anything else except for the blanket while he's putting the hose where it needs to go and everything else. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Why would you go out in such a painful way? Yeah. I feel like this might be getting too graphic, but I feel like he would have probably slit his wrist or his own throat before stabbing himself yeah you don't just stab Nine yourself times. yeah you don't just yeah. stab yourself in hopes to do the job that's not mm -hmm. uh, mm. super shade right yeah. yeah so the truck was returned to tanny and she went in there and she made some investigation and she made some observations of her own she noticed that there was knife cuts on the door panel on the driver's side and on the left shoulder area of the passenger seat. Hmm. Yeah. So it could 
if he had like somebody in the passenger seat that attacked him, I could totally see that. Like maybe he was trying to move away yeah. from it and it slashed the Yeah, exactly. So where was it? Okay. So Tanny believes that someone did this to her husband. She claims that the hose that was used from the tailpipe had been in Devin's truck already. And that was just a coincidence. And that because they had plans for a barbecue that night, Devin had most likely gone to pick up the propane tank that they kept in the camper because they were running low on the one at home. And when he then he did this at the same time that he was gonna go get probably more pellets to build the doggy house. So it doesn't it doesn't say if there was like any extra pellets in the truck when they found him. Yeah. And that would have supported Tanny's theory, but it and it didn't say anything. I couldn't find anything. So the crime scene description given by the volunteers, the CID investigative reporters, and the evidence she has personally witnessed do not add up either. So CID also fingerprinted the truck and found no fingerprints. No fingerprints of any kind. Not Devin's or the family. All of a sudden, everybody wiped their own fingerprints off. Yeah. So there was also a lot of discrepancies in the report ranging from where they found items, but the pic- but pictures that they took would show otherwise. For example, the knife that is believed to have been used in the stabbing was supposedly found in Devin's hand, but pictures show it was on the passenger seat, resting on the passenger seat. Same goes for his phone. It was supposedly found under the passenger seat, but pictures show it on the passenger's on top instead of under, like they claim. So his phone had also been wiped clean of any information that could have been useful in the days prior to his death. Hmm. So, and and like uh, Army CID had no plans to get a warrant to obtain the cell phone records that could probably tell like a digital story. A history of his Google searches could have told a story if he really did commit suicide, right? right. Like he would have searched how to do it or something or just something leading up to that or maybe like a conversation he may have had with somebody that could say something or why would he if he was planning on committing suicide why would he delete his history i don't know it was just kind of odd so they also came across some hurdles when tanny asked to see her husband's body but was denied by cid even the funeral director questioned this and informed Tammy, or sorry, Tanny, that the body of Devin was in good condition for an open casket service, and he didn't know why they were doing that because decomposition had not set in because they found him so soon. They learned that the request actually came from the par- the Department of uh, the Army in Washington D.C. Tanny did eventually get to see his body with the help of the funeral director. It was very hush-hush. Jeez. But she did, and she says that Devin's body was wrapped up like a mummy. I'm not sure the significance of that, but to Tanny, I guess it stood out as a little strange. Yeah. I don't know how they go about preparing a body for a funeral service if they do wrap them up like well, that. Well, I wouldn't, but- I wouldn't, I mean, if he's not, like, decomposing and they're already prepping him like i don't know why she mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to see him right see him see him that's like you cannot tell me that i can't see my my deceased husband exactly no you can't do exactly. that exactly no exactly that's another thing is that she did request to see him and they wouldn't let her and she's like but i don't think it matters in what condition they are if the family member wants to see them they might t- try to talk you out of it yeah. But I think they have a right to do it. I, you they can't order. Right. You can't order that. I don't I feel like why would you you can't. I mean cuz they have people come down to identify bodies and then they've mm-hmm. been in worst mm-hmm. worst situations, you know, yeah. all kinds of ways. So how do you how does that how can you order a now widowed wife uh to not see her husband? Uh, no. That doesn't yeah, sound it, right. And then tell the funeral director that it's going to be closed casket. I think the yeah. family member needs to make that decision. Right. Hmm. Super like suspicious. It. Yeah. I know. So Tanny considered going to the media with her concerns, but she was afraid that um, the news agencies would create like a narrative based on the Army's version of events and not tell the whole story. She believes that Fort Hood sees soldiers suffering from mental health issues and that they're a liability uh, to the army and therefore serve no purpose to the organization. Instead of helping them, they mysteriously die. 
This comes in question not only with Devin, but with other families whose loved ones have been lost to suicide in a suspicious manner on Fort Hood. Too many questions and not enough answers. It is a known fact that when an item of importance goes missing in a shop in the military, no one is allowed to go home until that item is found. Yes. Right? We've oh, yes. heard of this before. We've seen some of our friends who have who work in areas like this, um, specifically with aircraft is what I've seen. If they lose an, like a tool, yes, no one gets to go home until that tool is found. No. Dave used to be in maintenance, so... He, there were days he would yeah. come home super late because he's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so lost whatever wrench, so we had we couldn't turn it in, and so we had to wait mm-hmm. until it was found, and everybody had to search, and, oh, so-and-so actually took this <laughs> tool home with him when he left, and so now we had to get oh. him to come back and return it before mm-hmm. we could go home. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Or it was in their pocket the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So Fun this stuff is the for thing. Them. But yet, if a soldier goes missing or is reported missing, they have every intention of declaring them AWOL before anything else. Before saying, this is not part of their behavior. They're AWOL. You know, they just say they're AWOL, which if you don't know what AWOL means, it stands for absence without leave, um, which means they've deserted the military and just left. Private Gregory Scott Morales comes to mind as he was declared a deserter until his remains were found in a field during the search for Private First Class Vanessa Guillen in the summer of 2020. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. He came to mind right away when I was reading this. So, so Tanny still lives with all of these doubts and so many questions. In Tanny's heart, she knows that Devin would not commit suicide. Devin had actually witnessed the devastation and attempted suicide had caused Tanny's family because one of her family members had attempted to commit suicide and Devin was there for her and he held her hand through the entire event. So he knows what suicide can do to a family and it was so fresh on everyone's mind that they don't think he could have done that to his family. But nonetheless, Devin gave 17 years to his country and the army. He served his family and country with honor and pride. His remains were laid to rest at Central Texas Veterans Cemetery in Killeen, Texas. He was 35. And that is the mysterious death of Staff Sergeant Devin L. Wow. That's... Yeah. That is super suspicious. And I do not like how... I don't like how that was handled at all. I know doesn't sound right at all i i don't like it i don't like what they did i don't like it i don't like it veronica i don't like it either i think that initially seeing the setup that he was in his truck with the evidence okay it's ruled a suicide however with the stab wounds to me like nine is is excessive like maybe one Mm -hmm. or two i think for the line of work that he did he probably did see a lot and he probably knew what it took to end somebody's life. So for him to have stabbed himself across the body that way was just very strange to me. Like I said, I think it would have been like a slash of the wrist or the throat or just let the CO2 do its job. Not its job, but do what it's what he intended for it to do, you know? Because that would be a lot less painful and more peaceful way to go. So I don't understand that. And then after, before they found him, that encounter they had with the man, and then after finding him, and especially with the stab wounds, knowing that there was a man out there that had blood on him, they should Mm -hmm. have questioned that guy more. Yeah, just because he says, oh, I got hit by a tree branch doesn't mean a whole lot like it's just Mm -hmm. he said he was looking for somebody their friend or some a friend's truck or something and it just i don't know it none of it adds up really well yeah the stab wounds no that doesn't what person will stab themselves and stab themselves nine times stabbing takes a lot of effort it's not just an easy little thing and i don't really know this for sure because i've no i've never stabbed anyone or anything but Mm -hmm. i just think of like you know it has to go through a lot and that's not an easy thing that's why they say when somebody gets stabbed 
when they get murdered, it's like a crime of passion, you know? you It's personal. People do it. It's personal. Yeah, they do it in a in yeah. a way. Yeah, and I feel like in, if, if you were being assaulted, like a random person assaulting somebody on the street with a knife, don't think it would have been excess of nine stabs, you know? I don't know. Yeah. It it's just really doesn't, strange. It doesn't sound... To me, like they... It doesn't sound right. Yeah, to me, it was like they should have gone back to the rancher... Because what if Devin, like, was meeting up with him for whatever reason with that rancher and they got into, like, a scuffle? Maybe he knocked out Devin after, like, he stabbed him and then knocked him out in order to set up the the scene like it was a suicide. And then he wiped his phone clean because maybe he had contact, his contact number on there. Right. Maybe he knew him that, in some and, way. Or maybe he saw yeah. him and was giving him a ride because the guy was walking. Or maybe those were know. his beer cans that they said they were at the on the floorboard. Yeah, and that's why he was so drunk. Yeah, and the guy, uh, the phone, obviously it was wiped clean, so obviously somebody had to have taken it, and they yeah. wiped the phone off and they set it down, back down on the passenger seat. So yeah, because he didn't use it, he didn't call anyone, he didn't call his wife back. He so I mm-hmm. I don't. Like it. I don't like that they can just say, oh, yeah, this is what it is. And um, we're not going to investigate anymore because we're done. We found it. It's done. Yeah. 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 So it's like Fort Hood is shady. It is shady over there. It must have murder water buried into the ground. Probably. Because there's a lot of shady shit that has happened. A lot. I mean, just in the last year. Yeah. There was like four people that turned up dead yeah in like the span of like just a few months and that's not normal i know fort hood is gigantic and people can get lost but that's just not normal that's not normal i think that's what it is that people get lost not just in 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 the enormity of the base but i think in paperwork too when somebody shows up and asks for help is are they provided with help or just medicated with help yeah. Instead of being provided, you know, it's like, the, you know, last time, a couple episodes ago where I talked, it's like they send these guys into battle, they prepare them for battle, but nobody prepares them for the things that they're going to see and have to do, mm-hmm. which is the scariest part. How do you prepare for that? How are you going to handle that? It's like they, they showed you how to jump out of an airplane, how to, you know, kill the quote unquote enemy. But then what? And then you're on your own. Oh, we'll give you some sleeping medication. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Solve it on your own. And, you know, if PTSD, if that medication works, which I know we've talked about before, where, like, medication's a little, like, iffy with Mm -hmm. is it causing more harm than it actually is helping. But if it's something that does somewhat work, but also they need more to it too it's a mental thing as well it, they need like yeah. they need extensive therapy depending on what they went through yeah yeah i just i don't like i know i've said it a million times i don't like it i don't like it <laughs> i don't like it either jen that is crazy that is just not what i expected but mm-hmm. also not surprised with yes the stories that we've been hearing the last year or so mm-hmm. yeah and this was just in 2016 so yeah. Just five years ago. Not that long ago at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't I don't know what to make of this. It's. I mean, I read a lot of the Facebook posts and, and it was very much treated as a suicide. Even yeah. by his loved ones was still being seen as a suicide that he lost a fight with himself. But Tanny was, is the one that has all the doubts. I would be the same way. I, I know. I mean, I don't blame her with all the things that she's mm-hmm. been shown. The fact that there's two suicide notes that she's aware of, I yeah. feel like it's kind of weird, especially when there are like two different papers, two different types of handwriting. And yeah, that doesn't seem maybe what if. OK, yeah, I'm just going to go off the ball here. And like, what if it was the guy that killed him wrote the first note? But then he's like, oh, what if they don't believe that it's yours? I'm. I need you to write this one. I need you to write Maybe. it down now in your handwriting. Yeah. You know, force him to write it. I don't know. I went off down another the rabbit theory hole. with that one. I went off another one. I think that when they showed her the letter, this is just going with the theory that maybe, yes, he did commit suicide. Then when they showed her the letter, it was a photocopy, an enlarged photocopy of 
the letter. And that's why it was on different paper and it looked like different writing, perhaps because it was enlarged. And so when they finally presented her with the other one that she said, it looked like his handwriting and then mm-hmm. it would have been on different paper. So that's my only theory go fitting with the maybe he did commit suicide. But I still can't explain the stab wounds. Like I can't. Yeah, that just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. I mean, I you don't you never know what somebody is capable of doing to themselves. You, I mean, especially if they're really going through. But the, it didn't sound like he really was going through like super hard down times. Ju- like and, just for the fact yeah. that he was still. I mean, sure, he got in an argument with the older daughter, but then they yeah. decided to build a the doghouse. So it didn't sound like he was like so out of it. Type of yeah, thing. and he had only just been diagnosed a few weeks prior. Right. So right. I feel like it was too soon for him to just have given up instead of yeah. being like, let me see what the medication does and maybe like some sort of mental health program. But right. I mean, only only he knows. And I, 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 I don't know. The defensive wounds, the blood on the towel. I don't know. It's all really, really strange. Mm-hmm. I need answers. I need a psychic medium to take me out to this area and mm-hmm. tell me what they see, what they hear, what they feel. I need to know. I know, right? Someone tell me. <laughs> yeah. I want to do one of those um, past life regression things. I've seen they have meditations on YouTube to do, what? to do that. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. People do it on, I've seen it on TikTok, but people go on YouTube and they do these past life regression meditation things with yeah. the, the audio and it's supposed to like see if you live the past life, I guess. I don't know. I'm a big believer in reincarnation, like mm-hmm. 100% believe in reincarnation. And so I'm like, I I wonder what I was in a past life. What I Yeah, did. there was one yeah. I was, I, uh, so like some TikToks will put pop up and say it'll be like kids um like the kids talk about who they were before before they're yeah before they came a kid Ghost and like my child one of the guys was saying how like it's very common for that to occur where like kids remember mm-hmm. but it's also really common for like you to re be reincarnated in the same family so like you're still like you're you're still like associated with your family in some way it's not just like a some random person sometimes or it's like something that is significant in your life Mm -hmm. type of thing too and i was like that's weird but fascinating i am love it i'm here for it i would love to know i love that too my uh my favorite one that i heard because i've heard a lot of them and i remember one that was like um uh like a world war ii pilot yeah, a boy that claimed, but uh, I did read one or heard about it somewhere of a little boy who claimed he was a woman in another life, and his name was Pam, and that she had died in a fire, and she jumped off a building, and he would like give all these details for years, and that they finally decided to like look it up, and sure enough, there was a woman in like Chicago, and like a fire in a building that took place, and um, that she died. And I was like, that is insane. There's That's a crazy. Netflix. There is a Netflix special. I don't know if it's still on there, but it, 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 there's stuff like that. It talks about like life after death. Yeah. And they cover the story of that child who said he was a World War II pilot. Super interesting. Super interesting. That's so crazy. I think I, I told my friend yesterday because she had, she has an issue going on and I was like trying to help her out with it, just kind of giving her options. And um, I was like, I was a lawyer in another life. I must have been. <laughs> I must have been another lawyer. I was like, because I just gave you all these points. And she's like, those are all valid points. And I was like, I, I rest my case. I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> I rest my case. But anyways, yeah, I would I would love to do that. If any, if any of our listeners have done it, I want to know your experience if you've done the yeah. past life regression. Or if you can perform one, let me know. I volunteer as tribute. Yeah, if we can do it on, um, will it work over a FaceTime call or video call? Because I, yeah, I want it. It's just your I want voice. It done. Yeah, I want to know because it's just your voice. So that's so. I cool. would probably fall asleep. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it's like meditation, it. so you're kind of like in and out. Is what I'm thinking. You're kind of like it's like you're here, but you're yeah. not like an out of body experience. Okay, it's what I'm. It's what I'm. It's what I think 
what it kind of sounds like it would be. I'm going to try. I'm going to look it up now. It. I got to YouTube okay. it and I will find it. Okay. And I will do it. You got to try it. And I will tell I keep you. Trying to, I've been trying to do it for like two weeks, but I'm like, oh, I got to do laundry. I don't really have time to lay down on yeah. the bed. And then, oh, the kids are here and I can't do when the kids are here. Yeah. So here I am living this life, not knowing what I was doing in another life. What if my past life was fabulous and I was like part of royalty or something? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Could you be. never know. Exactly. Yeah. I want to hear what you have for us, Jen. All right. I have something just very short okay. today because I wasn't, I didn't really know what to talk about. I had no idea. My brain was like, I don't know what else we need to let all these wonderful Dependents know what's going on with the military. And then I came, I was looking at something and, you know, <laughs> so. ADH brain spiraled into a million different tabs, which yeah. I stumbled upon this topic today, which is uh, a proxy marriage. Ooh, I've always wondered. And we're back. Okay, so again i I found information, but it's not like a whole lot I mean, I don't think it has to be a whole lot to cover what a proxy marriage is, so it's something that the military like military couples do a lot uh well, I wouldn't say a lot, but it is an option for military couples to do, and I will tell you why it's been a lot more common now too, right That's what it seems like. I hear it a lot more yeah. often, and actually a spouse that I met that's in uh uh, her husband's in Dave's squadron. They were married by proxy. So, what is a proxy marriage? It is where one of the marrying parties cannot physically make it to the ceremony, and therefore, someone, aka the proxy, stands in their place. Now, there's also another <laughs> option, and it's called a double proxy marriage. And a double proxy, as you can guess it, neither party can get to this small little ceremony. So two people have are now standing in for the two absentees. That's so weird. Okay, let's finish before I give you thoughts. Yeah. It. It, yes. You need a power of attorney to do the proxy by marriage. Uh marriage mm -hmm. by proxy, whatever you want to call it. Same thing. Also the state that you're in, whatever their requirements are to get legally married. So speaking of state requirements you can only do a proxy by marriage legally in California, Montana, Colorado, and Texas. And from my mm -hmm. understanding by researching this is Montana's the only state for military members to legally be married by proxy and for it to for for it to be legal in all of the states and all the countries. Oh, so they can do it there and then it's valid everywhere. Yes. That's what it sounds you know like why? to me. That's my understanding from what I was reading from different places. You know why? Because why? Montana is so cold, you'd never want to leave your house. You're like, <laughs> I'll just marry you from the warmth of my own living room. Yes. <laughs> yes. So with that, you don't have to. I mean, obviously, if it's a proxy by marriage, one of you will be in Montana doing the ceremony with a proxy. Or if you do a double, you can... Off. Still, yes, <laughs> just don't go in the winter. <laughs> no. Or if you're doing a double, neither of you can make it, but you can still hire a company in Montana to legally do your, legally complete your marriage by proxy. Why is it so funny to me? I know, because it's so funny because I just think of it as like two random people standing side by side saying the I do's for you. Yeah. Or even if it's just you there. Then this other person like, standing there saying, I do. I be like, I don't, but he does. So I'm yeah. just saying. I, I, not me as a person, but who I represent. Yeah. Yes, they do. He does. Yes. Okay. Very awkward staring into each other's eyes. Do they have to hold hands? Yeah. Do you have to hold each other's hand? Do you, do you look how at each other? How does that happen? I should ask my friend <laughs> more on how it went with her before it is. Okay. Yeah. I'll update you guys on, on her experience with it okay so i mean there's quite a few, like i said there's quite a few companies that will help you out and get all of this situated and do the proxy mm -hmm. for you um there's all kinds of reasons why marriage by proxy would be an option you know for military members obviously if your members deployed or they're stationed overseas and you guys are wanting to get married yeah there's also 
I mean, non-military related options is if your significant other is incarcerated. I don't know why that makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's also an option to do proxy by marriage, if that's the case. Um, An average cost of a proxy marriage is around $750, which covers all your legal fees, the marriage license, court fees, proxy fees, because those people got to get paid for standing there, you know, administrative fees, and postage so you can get your marriage license sent to you. I wonder how much a person makes being the proxy. I know. I want to. Maybe I'm I'll in sign the up. wrong career field. I'll sign up I- too. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll wear a wedding dress like a crazy person at the <laughs> altar. I volunteer as tribute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, if you're doing a double proxy, you have to pay for an extra person. So it might be a little bit better. More. I'll get my husband to do it with me. We'll just get married <laughs> over and over and over again. <laughs> um, so they also offer like... Um, Obviously, video calling so you can be live during the live ceremony. with the proxies. Yeah. So now there's four of us. <laughs> so there's four of you total. Yeah. It's so a you can party. Actually, like participate, but not participate. Yeah. Oh, and then also after finding all of this information, uh, Kansas is actually also legal for uh, couples of all sorts of circumstances, including the incarceration time, um, to have mm-hmm. a legal proxy marriage as well. Kansas. So Kansas is on the list as well. But Montana seemed to be like the number one that was legal, every, like valid for everywhere hmm. you were. Okay. And then very last thing, when I found this on Wikipedia about proxy marriage. So fun fact, not military related, but there was a unique space wedding that took place on August 10th, 2003 when Ekaterina, Ekaterina Dimitri, oh, fuck She's a U.S. citizen living in the state of Texas. It's a very hard name to say, but I will put it in the description later, guys. So she was living in the state of Texas where the proxy marriage ceremony was performed, and she married Yuri Malinchekno, a cosmonaut who was orbiting the Earth in the International Space Station. Yes. Pretty cool. That's hot. I'm not going to lie. I would marry an astronaut. Sight unseen. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That was really cool. I was like, oh, how did you line up your times? I don't even know. Like, what's the time zone for orbiting Earth? Yeah. Uh, What time zone are you in? Yeah. Eastern mountain time. You sure it's not your (laughs) sleepy time? (laughs) Yeah. Also, does it count even if there's no gravity? How do you hold the pen to sign your paperwork? In... You're not even on Earth at all in any sort of country. Are you sure yeah. this is going to be legal? Yeah. Is it like international waters where it doesn't count? Oh, maybe. Yeah. International, international space? Space. Yeah. Hmm. So. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So it's it's an option for a lot of military couples where, you know, you, you all have different circumstances. You know, you your significant other gets stationed overseas. You know, you've been together. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to get married. And then they get overseas and you're like, well, I need to finish this stuff first and then maybe we can get married or I don't know, any any type of thing. So it's an option. And then you can always do your big ceremony and stuff later, either when you get back together in the States or you can go plan it another time or just have like a party afterwards. I don't know. Or don't. It's fine. You know, (laughs) it's fine. Um, You had a wedding after your wedding, right? After your (laughs) J-O-P? Yes, after my living room ceremony. (laughs) How long after the living room ceremony did you have your party? Um, it was two years. Was it a wedding or just the ceremony, like the reception? It was the whole thing. Yeah, we did the whole thing. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I wanted to, and my family was around too, and his family was able to fly in, so I kind of wanted to do the whole the whole get up since, you know, it was yeah. in him sitting in his roommate's living room with so romantic. other roommates that had to come in and sign the marriage license. So romantic. Super romantic and like so very romantic. memorable. Yeah. It is memorable. It, I mean, I'll never did, forget it. That's for sure. I'll never did forget you have that. A Catholic? <laughs> did you get married at a church? 
No, I just did a whole oh. one and done place. It was uh it was really pretty out in the desert with mountains around and everything oh. too. So they do the whole thing. They'll do they have an officiant that comes in and they have a ceremony. You can do it outside mm-hmm. and then the reception inside. So yeah. yeah. That's what I had done too because we did the JOP in Texas and I had my brother-in-law was our witness. Yeah. And Kyle chewed gum through part of it. Mm. (laughs) Um, Classy. So we did the JOP. Yeah. And then (laughs) like two, three months later, we had a ceremony, non-denominational because I was really pissed off at the Catholic Church by that time. That's for a different episode. (laughs) Um, but anyways, <laughs> my children are screaming and, uh, and then we had the outdoor ceremony and then we walked into the hall and had our reception there. So it wasn't as fancy as yours because ours was kind of rushed and on a budget. And looking back now, I'm like, it would have been fine. Like, it's fine. I don't care. I mean, as long as you I, had I fun. I think because, oh no, we had tons of fun. And I was like, I think because now I can, I get to see myself in pictures with my wedding dress and mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, I could have done without it. But I know if I didn't do it i've probably been like i wish i would have had that right but i'm glad i did but you know we could use that money for something else (laughs) i i I mean exactly i mean that's how i think of it too i'm like i'm glad we did it and it was fun i'm i'm actually it's one of those things i'm really i actually i'm really glad that we did it because i have pictures of my mom's parents they Mm -hmm. they made it my grandpa actually had been in the hospital just a few days before um, we did the wedding. So the fact that he got mm-hmm. out and came and still felt okay to come and all that was just mm-hmm. very wonderful. And I have pictures with him and and then my grandma too. And then my other, my dad's mom as well. She's there too. I wish yeah. Dave's no, grandparents could have made it, but they were just, it wasn't feasible. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm grateful for that. That's what I have too, is like Kyle's grandmother was there who has since passed and and my dad as well, who has since passed. And uh, so I have those special memories. Yeah. So yeah, I guess looking, I guess, yeah, it's, it was nice. Yeah. You know. It's nice. Well, thanks, Jen. That's uh, the proxy marriage. It's interesting. It made me giggle. I'm not laughing at people that do it. It's just it made me giggle because I I have not seen it happen. I don't know what it's like to be part of a proxy marriage. And I just picture, like you said, like like a fucking avatar (laughs) stepping in. (laughs) And uh, it's like, what what do I do? Do I hold your hand? Like, are you in place? Are you just acting? I I don't know. It's weird. Right. (laughs) Right. And then I picture myself being a proxy in a wedding dress. <laughs> like I'll person. ask my friend and see uh, and see what they did, see how it yeah. went for them. I like I said, I can't remember if she said double or if it was just the one proxy. So I will let you okay. know, please, or anybody else out there that's listening. Let us know what a proxy marriage is like. Yeah, that's awesome, Jen. Great, great story. Great stories all around today. Yeah. You just had a lot of like uh, so many questions, yeah. so many theories. I, know, right? I do like mm-hmm. that because it makes my brain start to like t- turn and think of things, and like I I, I do yeah. like doing that. I like so it too, except you. at nighttime when my eyes pop open, I'm like, "What if it was this? Yeah, oh, I forgot to include this. Oh, I need to go back and research this." And so it's a I lot know. of that dedication. <laughs> <laughs> we try, we try. Yeah. Anything else going on with you? No. Nothing over here. Same. I'm so hungry. I hope Kyle gets home soon so I can have some food. He said he was going to bring me back food, Jen. Well, you make sure that he knows which one you wanted. Yeah. I told him what I wanted and I said what level of spicy I wanted. He told me he was going to get it twice as spicy. (laughs) I was like, I don't think so. I don't think so. burns my lips. I like spicy. I can handle spicy. But when I tried that food the other day, I was like, on a scale of one to 10, I was like, uh, give me a seven. Okay, great. It burned my mouth. And I was like, I don't think I could take anything more than this. I probably will have to go down to like a five. And I was like, bring me a five. He's like, a 10 it is. I was like, please don't bring me back a 10. (laughs) So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what he brings back. I'll let you know tomorrow when I'm dead. (laughs) Spiciness. (laughs) Um, well, that's all I have for today. Um, nothing much going on over here. I, my children are screaming and I'm, I'm going to go in there and scream with them. Well, that sounds fun. If you can't beat them, you join them, right? Yep. Yep. So I, I might go do that. Nice. 
Well, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for your story, Veronica. Thank you for your fun facts. Of course. That's what I'm here for. Yes, you are. And we're here for our listeners. Once again, if you guys want to reach us to share any stories, military-related stories, topics, tricks, suggestions. <laughs> did I say tricks? I did. Um, you can email us at dependusbleeding at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to rate and subscribe on your favorite listening platforms. Yes. Please do all that. Share with your friends. Everyone, shout it out to the world. Dependusbleeding is here. Yay. Because mm-hmm. you know you want to. Because you love us. You love us. Yes. And we love you. And we, we hope you, you have a fabulous week. Can you believe it's August? I still can't get over that it's already August. So basically Halloween is tomorrow. <laughs> basically. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. I'm surprised I haven't seen Halloween candy. I know. Maybe I have. Maybe I have. I just didn't pay attention. Not, yeah. Because it's coming. Every time it's, I go, it's almost here. Yeah. Every time I go into the commissary, I just have tunnel vision just to get what I need and get out because I have anxiety going in there. I yeah. don't know what it is, but my anxiety is like through the roof. I start sweating more than usual and I don't like it. Commissary, you guys. <laughs> Produce. It's just grocery shopping. It's not fun. <laughs> I know. I hate it. It's so much pressure to put on one person to be in charge of the grocery shopping. Find the deals during the grocery shopping. Yeah. Pack everything up, take it home, put it away, unload all the stuff that's in the refrigerator that's bad or that's going to be bad, and then cook all the dinner. All right, Jen. Before my house gets any louder than it is right now, send us off. All right. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. We appreciate you guys so much. This love and support. Keep it coming. We are so grateful. Uh, yeah, reach out. Reach out to us and uh, don't forget that wherever you go, there, there you are. are. Goodbye. All of my noisy kids. <laughs> <laughs> and airplanes.